I'm with this afternoon um, Emma Hardy, who's the Labour candidate for uh, Hull West and Hazel. Um, so, a very simple question, really, to start with. Uh, what would the Labour government do to fix the broken housing system? The biggest commitments that we need to do is actually build more homes. I mean, last time in the election we talked about building more homes, but it, it is a crucial there are simply not enough homes for all the people that need them. And this word affordability is banded around and it can be a very objective word. What does affordability mean? But I think with the Labour government, we're talking with genuine affordability for people to be able to live there. And we need more social housing. I mean, that's a desperate need. You can see this when you look at the private rented situation. And, and recently we've just announced the reforms that we do to private renting and the fact that you know, it should not be a controversial statement to say a home should be decent enough to live in. You know, can, can we sort of unwrap some of these um, mm. little phrases? So what, what makes a house affordable? Yeah, I mean, that's going to detail out that will be in the manifesto exactly what will constitute affordability. And I was on the Housing Commission for the National Policy Forum for Labour. And that was discussed quite a bit. Like, what what's the definition of affordability? So that I won't preempt... The, you know what the statement's going to be in the manifesto, but it, but it has to be that because what's affordable to one is not obviously affordable to another. But for social housing, that's one of the things I think that's just been missed so much in the past few years. And I know this because I've got I have friends in social housing and social accommodation, and what sort of the, the situation as I see now compared to my grandparents, where most people were in council houses and it was fairly standard is now it's housing that's only you can only get if you're absolutely sort of at the at risk or absolutely desperate to get something i mean and that shouldn't be the case there should you should, social housing should be available for people who want to use it but there just simply there just simply isn't it's not there and when you're relying all the time and there's many private landlords i say who are brilliant but we know and i'm sure you know and, and and have seen in the way i know and have seen there are rogue ones out there and those rogue ones need to be there needs to be something to deal with it more regulation is something that is often sort of comes up in conversation more regulation of the private uh, rental sector but what would that be Okay, well, this isn't this isn't definite, and I say I'm not going to preempt the manifesto. But one of the things we were looking at was Newham Council has a system of landlord licensing, where they provide landlords with a license for five years, and they have to have homes that are of a decent standard. And the decent standard is is defined in like safe wiring. There's not damp, you know, just normal basic things to have this landlord license. Now, I'm not saying I'm not going to preempt the manifesto. I'm not saying that's what the Labour uh, Labour government will do but I think some kind of regulation that ensures that homes are of a decent standard and I know um, I know people who who are private landlords who you know moved in with a partner and they rent out their home you know not talking multi-millionaires here and then they would be and from what I've spoken to them they'd be more than happy to do that because they want they want to provide somewhere decent and most private landlords do want to provide somewhere decent but it's just that small minority and I, I witnessed this when I went down um, around the boulevard area and all around there where we've seen massive regeneration and it's fantastic and then in one of these closes it was all of them you know you, you must have seen them yourself they're all looking brilliant and there was one house which is practically falling apart it's private uh private landlord couldn't get in touch with them so that house hasn't been done at the end of the at the end of the close 
and then I was talking to one of the um one woman who was living in the in the house with a private landlord and she was telling me about things like one of the doors has come off and she hasn't had it rehung one uh, the front door doesn't open the right way so she can't get the pram in and out of the house so she has to leave the pram and take the, but you know, and it's small things like this you think most landlords decent landlords would go and resolve these issues would sort these things out and another woman which was even worse was saying she was having to share a room and she was an adult share a room with her um, brother because there was a hole in the roof that was dripping into her bedroom so she couldn't stay in her bedroom and I said well is it you know it's, let me know if it's a council property and we'll, we'll chase it up for you we'll get that sorted out and she says oh no it's a private landlord and immediately it be- I'm not saying you can't help, but it becomes harder to help. And then you, and then you have the situation in was it 2015 where the Tories ba- uh, blocked the bill, which was about prevent uh, preventing people being evicted for reporting problems to their uh, to their homes. You know, people should be able to report problems to their homes without fear of eviction. And again, you know, I'm stressing this is rogue landlords, not the majority. So some sort of kite mark across the industry would help people to choose a decent landlord in the first place? Yeah, I mean, as I say, I can't preempt what's in the manifesto, but one of the ideas we were exploring was a landlord licensing. And I think that people, you know, I say the vast majority of landlords are decent, would want to be recognised as a decent landlord and want to be recognised as somebody who treats tenants well and provides a really good service. And so we'll see if that does come out in the final um, manifesto, but ideas like that I think should be explored more. Are we being radical enough, do you think, in the way we're tackling the housing crisis? Innovative enough? Well, I mean, that's relative, isn't it? (laughs) What's radical to some is tame to another, so that's difficult to say. Okay, let me give you a radical suggestion. Um, Say right to buy. Mm -hmm. Right to buy has helped many people onto the housing ladder but has also created the, the situation we're in at the moment where there aren't enough houses for people on the lower incomes. Mm. So um, should we be radical enough to say, well, let's just scrap right to buy now. It's had its day. Let's end that. So I, I wouldn't say necessarily scrap it. I think the answer is to have more homes. You need more houses. The problem I don't think is right to buy. The problem is, is we simply don't have enough homes in the country. The Conservative government have extended right to buy to social housing which is actually then preventing um, housing associations uh, from getting the loans they need uh, to build more stock for people. So, um, you know, would that be a radical solution, at least in the short term, to remove that right to buy from social housing? Well, again, I'm not going to preempt what it says in the manifesto, but more social housing is a must. And Labour has already committed to that, committed to the half a million homes. So, I mean, not all of those will be social homes, but that's how many homes we need to build. So definite, absolutely, we need social homes. And, and one of the things that um, on a personal level I was exploring as part of the National Policy Forum on Housing was the idea of, which is still in an exploration stage, the idea of having homes that are not just affordable to buy, but affordable to live in. So looking at not just the house, but when you move into the house, what about the energy bills? How expensive is it to be there? The electricity, the gas, you know, how well insulated is it? How environmental is the home? So I think there are other things that we should be talking about as well. So not just the building. We can't just focus on the building. I think we need to think a bit wider than that. 
So we need to think about what package is there to make people make it affordable for people to stay there and to live there. And when we do provide them with social homes, what support is there for them to get things, uh, you know, like fridges and freezers and cookers? And so, are these issues actually, um, you know, when you're knocking on doors, canvassing at the moment, are these issues actually in people's conversations? Yeah, I mean, just last week it was the um, the young woman who was telling me about the hole in her bedroom at ceiling meant that she had to share a room with her brother she was telling me about that and the other young women who were telling me about problems they were having with private landlords so definitely I mean it's one of those those basic rights isn't it to to be somewhere where you feel safe and where you can be warm you know and that is something absolutely I am passionate about and support because it that should be everyone's everyone's basic human right to have that and the way the Labour will make that happen is by looking at some form of regulation for private landlords, but also, as I keep saying, you know, more social homes and more homes. But I think we need to also address the the wider things like the energy bills and, and the other issues that come with it. Yeah, I mean, a, a wider issue is poverty itself, isn't it? People are not going to be able to afford homes yes. if they're not earning enough to, to help them, you know, into the housing market. So yeah. uh, the big issue at the moment are doing a, a campaign on the run-up to the general election. And they're just um, asking um, homelessness campaigners like myself to ask each of the candidates, what would you do personally to alleviate poverty in England? Do personally, what can I do that's not above my pay grade? Right. <laughs> well, to alleviate poverty, I mean, I've been campaigning uh, for the Labour Party and for for years now, and I'm one of my ma- huge passions is education and the role that education can play. But so, and and so, I support the free school meals that Corbyn wants to introduce because children can't learn if they're hungry, and the wraparound care as well, so that they can come in for the breakfast club and they can have breakfast and they can have a meal at lunchtime. And because all these things, because I know as a teacher, as a teacher for eleven years, that children can't learn well when there's lots of other things happening in there, you know, distracting them and lots of other issues, and they want to come to school as a safe place where they can sit and learn. So I think for alleviating poverty, you can't. You have to look. You can't just look at one aspect. You have to look at things like education and what support there is for children. But also you've got to look at things like the minimum wage. You know, people need to get paid more. I mean, a few years ago, there wasn't a food bank in Hessel. You know, what, what are the Tories giving this area other than a rise in food banks and poverty? Because, you know, the cuts that are coming through from the council, it's appalling. I mean, we were talking just before about the number of homeless people you now see visibly around the community. It, it, this should not be the case. And I think an increase in uh, the minimum wage would be something I'd be supporting and campaigning for. Um, I think, as I say, the role that education plays in poverty. And, and so I'm against grammar schools because that, for many, is selection on the basis of income. Um, so I'd want a truly com- you know, comprehensive system where people can go and they can learn and you know give everybody that chance. Everybody needs that chance. So it goes back to funding schools properly. I mean, one of the one of the other issues I come up with um, is the schools that can't afford to do any enrichment for children because unless it's self-financing, because the schools haven't got any money. I mean, my uh, daughter's school trips, we were asked for £23. Now, not everybody is going to be able to pay £23, but the school has said on the letter that, unfortunately, because of you know the situation, if not enough parents can, uh, can afford to pay it, they won't happen. Now, 
that will be happening all across all across Hull in the schools all across Hull. So there's children in Hull that are not going to give in the chance to, if you like, for social mobility and to move out of poverty because they haven't got those chances at school because of the what's happening to education and the, and the funding. As I say, education is a huge passion of mine. That'd be something I'd be pushing forward, but also pushing increasing the minimum wage and looking at the whole benefit system. And the fact they've cut housing benefit for 18 to 21-year-olds, that is something I'm against. Um, So, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd be doing everything I can to go down there and tell them what we think we need help here in Hull. I don't know whether you've seen the news today about Andy Burnham. It's his first day. Andy Burnham, uh, former Labour MP, now uh, Mayor, Greater Manchester. Uh, on his first day of work, he's pledged to end homelessness in the city of Manchester within the next three years. And uh, quite significantly, he's pledged 15% of his salary towards that aim. Cheeky question to end with, perhaps. Are there any, <laughs> any issues for you in Hull for which you'd make a similar promise? I'd probably say the main, <clears throat> excuse me, would be education. And giving everybody that chance, I mean, very supportive of the art, you know, of music, giving all children those enrichment chances. I'm not sure if you've ever seen the Children's University. Um, and that was something Alan Johnson was really supportive of. And I would be delighted to continue supporting that as something, you know, to take children and give them experiences they've never had before. I mean, when I was a teacher, I took um, classes of kids down to Parliament to go and see how it works. And they loved it and they're really interested. And we walked around London. And and I think that would be what I would be really interested in, giving children opportunities that they wouldn't normally have uh, and supporting that. And, and one of the other things that I was involved in before I was selected as an MP was about employment rights. And I was working with a Labour women's group, so talking about a lot of young women and, and not fully aware of the employment rights they have. And especially those working in the service industries are not quite sure. And what we were starting to do was to look at whether we could provide some sort of education for them on what employment rights are available, what they can ask for, the fact that they, you know, when do they have a contract, that they need to see a pay slip, you know, these sort of basic things. I think you're making everyone aware because rights are, you know, obviously we support rights, but if you don't know what they are and you're not aware of them, then they're not they're not going to be much use to you. So, I mean, they're things I'm very much involved in, very keen on, is, is giving everybody that chance and giving all the children in Hull and Hesel opportunities to, you know, to reach their potential. And so, yeah, anything like the Children's University and charities like that that work with young people, I'm delighted to be going down to the Warren Project and go and talk to the young people there. And, I mean, because I think education is so important. Emma, thanks for your time.